0: Hello there. You're listening to Manufacturing Tomorrow, brought to you by the Ohio Manufacturing Institute at The Ohio State University. I'm Katherine Kelly, your host. Today we are speaking with Bob Willick, Executive Director and CEO of SME, and John Dyke, CEO of SESME, the Smart Manufacturing Institute. These two nonprofits dedicated to advancing manufacturing recently announced a partnership to accelerate smart manufacturing adoption. Bob joined SME a year ago after more than 30 years' experience holding multiple leadership positions at global manufacturing companies, most recently at Stone Ridge Inc., where he was president of the control devices division. Prior to Stone Ridge, he served as president and CEO of Plasan Carbon Composites and was president in the Americas for GKN Driveline, an automotive industry supplier. Earlier in his career, Bob was president of both power transmission and powertrain at the Gates Corporation. He earned his bachelor's degree in mechanical systems design at lawrence tech university and an mba from wayne state university john began his tenure at SESMI in 2018 after securing his reputation as a domain expert on applying innovations like the cloud and the industrial internet of things in diverse manufacturing industries and supply chains prior to joining sesme john held senior leadership positions in large corporations like ge and rockwell automation and built a successful software startup called Actiplant. He has been awarded a number of patents for IIoT and analytics applications and manufacturing workflows and business processes. He received a bachelor's degree in electronics engineering from Conestoga College. John and Bob, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Catherine. Thrilled to be here with you and John today.
2: Yeah, likewise. Thank you for the opportunity.
0: First things first, how did you two begin forming an alliance to accelerate smart manufacturing adoption by companies?
2: Well, I'd be happy to go first, Bob, if
1: that's all right. Yeah, sure. go ahead, John.
2: So so last summer, uh, shortly after the pandemic started, um, I had the opportunity to meet with SME and their board of directors to uh, talk about how how we should be thinking about and how we can work. Uh, on on addressing some of the significant challenges that we see, obviously with the lens of manufacturing being being the the, the issue at hand, and uh, I got ex- firsthand exposure to sort of the, the the culture within the organization and the breadth of the organization at, at SME, and and uh, that formed the foundation for the conversations that uh, we then had in subsequent months with with Bob and his team to to determine. How we can serve obviously the, the needs of the manufacturing organizations and the rest of the stakeholders that that we both focus on in ways that that further our our respective organizations and. And um, we, we took uh, some time to, to ensure that both from a strategic uh, vision standpoint and from a, a focus and an investment standpoint, it made sense as to not for profits in this in this space. But at the end of the day, it was a it was a very compelling partnership, uh, uh, given that both organizations have a, um, a fairly altruistic view on how we serve our marketplace and how we address help help our constituents address some of the very real challenges that they've faced, and and those challenges are shifting dramatically even as we speak uh, around COVID and what's happened, and and sort of helped us helped underscore the importance of our. Uh, joint effort to, to help out here.
1: Indeed. And just from the SME side, first we, we couldn't be happier, more happy to join SESME on this important mission, really combining and aligning our efforts ultimately with the best interest of employers and educators in mind, uh, from an SME perspective for, for nearly 90 years aligned with our mission, we focus on advancing manufacturing and developing a skilled workforce. We really see it as an essential driver of growth and prosperity for companies, frankly, small, medium and large companies across our country. And really the move to smart manufacturing, we see it as is really critical for boosting productivity in the U.S. and really the continued advancement is strongly connected to the benefits of industry 4.0 and the, the digital connected factory floor. We've heard the industry loud and clear, really. I mean, according to a recent Gartner study, nine and 10 believe smart manufacturing will increase our competitiveness in the U S manufacturing base. And as far as our partnership with Sesme, we strive to partner with like-minded organizations and really avoid recreating the wheel. We're stronger, combining the strengths and best, best efforts. And when you, when you look at the missions of the two companies, they align really well. So we're thrilled at the, at the start of where we're headed and, and excited at where we'll, will be able to
0: go next. That is definitely a tremendous advantage. From your perspectives, what does smart manufacturer, what other call, others call industry 4.0 mean to manufacturers and why is this so critical to our economy for them to make a concerted effort to move along this path?
2: Well, uh, I can start by saying that um, information is viewed by many as an important game changer, a huge differentiator for manufacturing organizations to achieve more productivity, greater productivity and, and uh, become more competitive. And, and obviously uh, manufacturers are have always been but continue to be under significant pressure to produce and to be more competitive given given the um, uh, two decades of, of offshoring and, and the, the pressure to to, to drive or or maintain uh, manufacturing operations here for those that uh, have chosen to do so and so using information to find productivity to improve quality to improve the way we um, drive throughput and yield for our manufacturing operations here in the u.s um, is is uh, increasingly seen by many as the next frontier and we'll talk a little bit i'm sure about the challenges in doing that and we're where we stand in terms of the maturity of our marketplace and, and um, delivering those values and those capabilities, but but at the end of the day, um, it's it's been clear. It's become very clear through through the challenges that uh, COVID has surfaced for us that those organizations that are investing, that have invested in digital, have been much more agile and much more effective in responding to the enormous um, both increase and drop in, in demand and supply uh, across the board. And so um, so, so smart manufacturing industry 4.0 is all about driving value, leveraging the information that exists in your operations today, harnessing that and finding new ways to create value for the folks uh, that are operating your equipment, for the folks that are supervising production, driving quality, and of course, uh, across the enterprise and throughout the supply chain.
0: Bob, anything to add?
1: Boy, I, it's uh, John. How, how about I couldn't disagree with the thing John just said. I mean, it's 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 so fundamental to the future competitiveness of our industry, and and I think letting data speak for itself in some ways to say competitiveness, agility, flexibility reshoring activities driven by strengthening our supply chain activities, all those things build around the idea of of lean manufacturing, smart manufacturing environment, a connected industry 4.0 factory floor focus. So that's where I'd head it.
0: Getting into actions that manufacturers themselves can take, um, can this adoption be an incremental process uh, or does it require an eat the elephant approach? (laughs)
2: Great, great question. Um, It's absolutely a journey and a journey starts with a single step. And I think that's how manufacturers have to view this. Bob alluded to before uh, a a vital um, market segment that has struggled to to find um, access to smart manufacturing or industry for, and that's the small medium manufacturing community Um, and, and. And that's an enormous focus of of both Sme and sesme and, and certainly the partnership that we've we've um, uh, launched recently but the bottom line is if it were kind of a a big swing I, I think most organizations outside of a few fortune 500s wouldn't be able to get and get engaged or get started so from from where we stand I think it's it's vital to be able to break the the elephant down into small bite-sized chunks and really, really help these, particularly these small medium manufacturing organizations, figure out how to start, how to, how to, and this is also a big part of our focus, how to wade through the noise. there There's so much noise. There are so many messages. There's so many ways potentially for a manufacturing organization to, to think about this. They don't know where to start. And so um, that's a big part of what we, uh, I, I believe, need to work on collectively um, and, and uh, help them understand how to take those first steps, because that's fundamentally what it has to be.
0: Exactly. And,
1: and I, all I would add to that is, is I, it's, it's fairly straightforward for me. It's accessibility to the process that these small and medium-sized groups would use because they don't know where to get started. It's simplicity of adoption and it's standardization. So it's almost, it's not cookie cutter, but they don't have large groups of large groups that can establish this. And so it needs to be standardized with a simple approach to getting started.
0: Would you say that that standardization would be the, the secret sauce that could help companies uh, move into Industry 4.0? Oh,
1: I think it's one of the fundamental underlying reasons we came together with Sesame is to do just that, is to give a more standardized voice and approach to how smart and lean is viewed on an industry-wide basis.
0: Uh, John, yeah I... uh, go ahead.
1: I, I would
2: I would simply add that uh, standardization um, is is absolutely essential, as Bob says. And the other important word that's probably very close to that is, is harmonization, right? The, the idea that there are important uh, bodies of work happening in, in Germany and across Europe and in other parts of the world, Japan and South Korea. Um, at the very least, we need to be aware of those. Um, but I think uh, Bob and I have concluded that um, it's far beyond sort of that bare baseline of not, not doing any harm. We, we can actually um, leverage what they've done, but we can also take the best practices and the, and the, the work that we're doing and share it with them. And they've shown a, a significant appetite to um, work with us in this harmonization effort and ensure that uh, um, manufacturing, which is at the end of the day global enterprise, um, is is going to leverage from from these ideas, from this standardization advocacy and effort uh, across the board, um, not just in one single region.
0: I'm sure they're welcoming that as well.
2: Yeah, very much so.
0: Uh, John, what are you doing to bridge the gap between the uh, information technology and and operations technology as it stands today? Um, you know, I, I, I see it as similar to that uh, divide that we had between R&D and manufacturing years ago, probably still do. Um, you know, Portugal's industrial cybersecurity centers indicated that the the goals, the security the software management, the life cycle of each group diverged, to put it kindly.
2: Yeah, you know, it's, it's a great question. Uh, and one would think that after 20 years of talking about this ot divide, that we'd be we'd be there, but but we're not. And and so uh, I really appreciate that question. And I think the the things that we're focused on with, with SME and SESME and uh, speak to the fact that this is an ecosystem challenge. Manufacturing organizations see that and experience deeply that OT-IT divide and, and go through great efforts to perhaps build a manufacturing IT organization, filling it with both OT and IT domain experts and trying to bridge those cultures and those technology gaps. But it's It's more than that. It's the entire ecosystem. It's the, it's the product companies that sell software or components to the manufacturer. It's the, it's the systems integrators that implement things. It's the vendors that supply software and tools. All of those kind of sell to one of those groups or the other. And, and, and so we, we collectively as the, as the, um, uh, sort of thought leaders in this space need to drive this ecosystem together. And, and actually create a valid, it's not just about cultures, it's about valid business reasons for them to expand their view and to move towards each other. Um, and, and all of those things have to be dealt with and worked on holistically. So, so it's, it's, it's about, it's about a, an, an entire ecosystem kind of understanding how they can move towards each other and, um, and then the incentive to, 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 to allow them to do that
0: and then we add uh, the need for uh, workforce. Bob, what has been SME's most impactful workforce development program to date to prepare prepare for industry 4.0? Um, I learned this week that you'll be launching your first series of virtual reality labs soon.
1: Uh perfect perfect lead in for that. I mean, first off, many people know SME has some standard, I'll call them signature standalone programs offered both through our our education foundation and our tooling USME businesses, but But what makes us unique is we also have programs that can be used to enhance and strengthen existing programs that are in place today with program schools and community-based organizations that can lay right over at the top of that or alongside of that. So really the flexibility allows us to work across the U.S., not not as a standalone, but in in concert with and align with every part of the, the industry, more than a thousand unique and targeted programs at the local level. So it can give us really quick and instant access. But... Catherine, to more specifically answer your question, what we've done recently, a couple of things to think about. We've launched dozens of online classes and topics such as AI, IIoT, data analytics, additive, digital thread robotics, et cetera. So these are, these are online classes, and John alluded earlier to the COVID impacts in our indus- industry and industrial training activities. So the online programs, of course, they never stopped. Our, our business actually got more busy in the last two years with online education and online training programs We've already impacted tens of thousands of people in high school, incumbent workers, really at some of the top manufacturing companies across the United States today. We do this online, but we also employ instructor-led training programs, which is really starting to come back on in more favor. Uh, It's interesting. I'll come back to AR and VR in a minute, uh, because we are developing VR technology right now to deliver skills-based training. And and the way I I look at it, especially younger students, they, they love the opportunity to use AR and VR to immerse themselves into that environment. And and frankly, as we all know, breaking a machine tool is safe. It doesn't cost anything in a virtual world. So they they can learn, they can break it, they can fix it, and they can experience it really in a way that that speaks to a next generation of talent coming on board. So when it comes to what we're doing with smart content, Sesame's already been actively engaged in contributing to our their expertise and the development of next generation training and technology. So it's it's a step towards why we came together and the idea that that, that helping influencing future training work is, is going to come out of what we're doing together.
0: Do you see that as uh, as replacing hands-on training or, or merely enhancing the hands-on training?
1: I would say it augments it. It enhances it. I don't think there will ever be a replacement for hands-on training. Remember, we're talking uh, generational gaps and divides in terms of preferences, and we don't want to alienate one element of the generational divide in manufacturing while we enhance the other so i i don't i don't see it as as replacing i look at it as enhancing and augmenting
0: even as the technology goes more digital i think so
1: i you know again it's no replacement for in 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 person training in certain elements so yeah that last
2: mile is always in manufacturing it's it's on the machine it's with the parts it's with the product it's you can you can you can leverage and build on the digital uh side of the equation as as bob and his team have done and as we're doing but uh the other day this will manifest itself in in a sensor in a in a machine in a in a in yeah. a physical environment somewhere and and that's um there will be uh i never say never but i don't foresee a day where where that's not going to be the case
1: i agree
0: And what are other ways that the relationship uh, between SME and SESME will accelerate that advancement of educational programming? What what are you all working on?
1: Um, John, go ahead.
0: Yeah,
2: I would, I would say a couple of really important things. Um, Consolidated messaging and uh, presence in the marketplace is really important. We both alluded to the the complexity of, of the 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 noise in the marketplace, particularly for small, and medium manufacturers, and and so so at, when we first began talking, we both recognized that unless we, as two really visible, as two really sort of central organizations in the space, um, that that we stand to be part of the problem um, unless we can find a compelling way to work together, and and um, and so I think that's that's a great sort of pillar for. The collaboration that uh, and a partnership that, that we're building, right? The the notion that we can help consolidate messages, we can help um, create a center of gravity for how these messages come to the marketplace, both in terms of education, in terms of uh, 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 just just the products and the services that are available in the marketplace, and it gets back to that whole standardization effort as well. How how we can Collectively advocate for in a very public way, given given the size and the scope of, of SME's reach and, and the, the the federal mandate that we have on our side to to create visibility for the standards and the advocacy for important activities and initiatives that deserve that kind of a visibility and that kind of a platform.
1: Yeah, all I would add. Thank you, John. Is is to say, you know, SME. We like to say in some ways we're the speaker to small and medium sized manufacturers in the US because we've been around 90 years, because we bring forward uh, a strong membership base of individual and corporate members. We bring together a, a broad based media, both digital and online and print content. So we reach a very large perspective in the community of manufacturing, but we also bring together just an example in a, in a COVID based year, we brought together 50,000 people across nine events across the United States and Canada, inclusive of over 2000 exhibitors, many of whom were small and media sized manufacturers. And in many of those, we held um, uh, training and curriculum activity around smart digital connected 4.0 activities. We had displays, So we had the ability to speak to that community well, and we can, we can combine forces with Sesame in such a way to have a significant impact in these areas.
0: Fantastic. Uh, Bob, I, I learned about the SME Prime program during a recent webinar, um, just specifically you know, digging into the high schools uh, and, and the education yes. that goes along with that. You know, what's your goal with that uh, comprehensive manufacturing and engineering program at the high school level?
1: Oh, this one. Th- thanks for the question, because this one's very, very close to my heart. As a product of vocational education at the high school level, personally, um, this, is, this is one that's near and dear to me. And, and I'll say for SME, our goal really is to directly develop and enhance manufacturing and engineering talent across our country. SME Prime, and, and it's, a, it's an acronym that stands for Partnership Response in Manufacturing Education. So the idea is to partnership at a high school level and re-engage vocational engineer and vocational education curriculum at a high school level, uh, engaging students in STEM and STEAM focused programs across seven different pathways really to build cost-effective and tailored manufacturing and engineering programs in high schools. Um, It's growing quite significantly really across the country. And it's, it's fascinating to see the students engage and learn and understand seven pathways and would include things such as uh, robotics and automation would include welding, would include additive manufacturing. And so these students, at the end of their three-year curriculum, we actually give them an industry-recognized certification, assuming they pass through tests, that then they can go right, either emerge into the manufacturing industry and gain really high-paying jobs that can help them create careers in manufacturing, or they can take that knowledge through their college years if they choose to go to university, and it helps build a strong manufacturing base of curriculum-based talent for when they graduate after four years. So... It's a program I'm very excited about and like to see it continue to grow and and, uh, and flourish across the United States in the future.
0: Yeah, right now it's in pilot phase, right?
1: Well, no, no, we have over 60 oh. um, 60 prime schools in development today or in excuse me, in, in existence today. As an example, we'll be launching over 16 more just in 2022 alone. Uh, supported both by local manufacturing, but also federal and state funds to support it as well as we reintroduce it back into high schools.
0: Well, that is definitely well beyond pilot. <laughs> so It's well beyond pilot. Yes. 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 It's, it's,
1: it's a program we're very proud of, and uh, it's becoming more and more widespread in terms of both its knowledge, understanding, and growth. And uh, this will be the busiest year we've ever had for launching new prime schools you know, anywhere in the United States. Oh. So it's an exciting year for us.
0: Yeah, Congratulations on that. Um, so let's, let's start with John on this, this question. Uh, I'm sure you, you both have opinions on this. You know, what can educational institutions do better to prepare uh, graduates and, and, and existing workers, incumbent workers for industry 4.0? Yeah, it's a,
2: it's a vital question. Um, if, We'd, we've done some analysis here. Um, when I first came to Sesame three and a half years ago, we started this analysis to understand um, across our stakeholder sets, which include academia, but, but certainly include manufacturing and and um, the vendors, the machine builders, the systems integrators, the the um, uh, all of the folks that are part of what innovation needs to be and needs to look like in this in this space. And and we found that academia which has had a, a great legacy and still has in materials um, engineering and process engineering design um, all of these other manufacturing related domains um, has struggled uh to to catch up and 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 not all but many organizations have struggled to catch up with smart manufacturing or industry 4.0 and and i i say that with the utmost respect because many many this is still a very new domain and many manufacturing organizations are struggling too and so but 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 it is vital to understand that this is not a natural information manufacturing information is not a natural extension of process or design engineering or or product um, engineering and so so we've been working aggressively with um, academic institutions across the country to find the best um, and the brightest of, of those that are are engaged actively with with industry, to find those organizations that do have um, a strategic intent to go in this direction, and really just come alongside them and accelerate that. Um, uh, because frankly, even even in the manufacturing realm, R and D, the R and D organizations within the manufacturing communities, um, organizations, they're struggling too. We've got we've got the Microsofts and the and the. Amazon's out there, and you've got the SAP's out there. Microsoft, Microsoft is a, a compelling example. They're innovating with tens of thousands of software developers in this space, in manufacturing. What can, what can a, a, an R&D organization within a manufacturing company do to keep pace with that? Well, the reality is they could, but, but this is such a fast-moving machine Uh, There needs to be some structure. Bob started the conversation about standards before, standards and and de facto standards and best practices. All of these are nascent in this space. And so, um, again, just another really important reason why SME and SESME need to um, aggressively support those that are aware of the opportunity and those that um, aren't aware? We need to make sure that they understand the importance of information in, in the future. If if they're not willing to go there, um, um, they need to they need to um, learn and they need to get engaged. And um,
1: we're happy to help them do that.
0: Anything to add, Bob?
1: Oh, uh, uh, probably more than we have time for. But you know, to me in this area, I think my challenge to academic and educational institutions is start. Really, it's the first step is start. start incorporating more of the ideas behind industry 4.0, smart manufacturing, start teaching lean concepts and lean training at a high school level. You cannot start young enough because I want, I want kids graduating from high school who come out thinking in these advanced terms already, whether or not they're moving on to college and university education or they're, whether they're moving straight into manufacturing. I want them to come to the floor and say, what do you mean these pieces of equipment aren't connected? What do you mean they're not talking to each other? Where's my dashboard? Well, You know, so it's a little bit of, is it an industry puller or, or a technology push? It's a little bit of both, but I, I think we just need to move and we need to move faster, which means influence more of upfront educational activities to build that curriculum and where they can't, they should rely more heavily on nonprofits like sme and on government institutes like john heads up at sesame and why we came together to do that we can take on some of that financial burden to build that curriculum they just need to start they need to recognize them
0: all awesome. right um, your first action is to develop uh, a national smart manufacturing executive council with this partnership when do you expect to um, to start working on that and establishing those common industry and educational standards you've referenced.
2: Well, there's been a lot of work that's happened already. Um, we 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 announced it publicly at, at our event in in November, and we're we're thrilled to see the um, the acceptance of this concept, this notion that industry needs to work together more effectively, more collaboratively to encourage and provide incentive for those that perhaps are less eager to adopt and and less eager to leave their proprietary, historically proprietary ways behind and move forward in a way that drives this OTIT um, convergence, that drives and supports this notion of crowdsourcing, of open source. Not that there's going to be a a tremendous amount of open source running on the plant floor, but we have to move in that direction. So this notion of how do we how do we solve important problems once and make that available, make that outcome available to a thousand people who have exactly the same equipment or the same problem. So these are vital issues that this executive council as essentially a think tank can can rally around and encourage the, the rest of the ecosystem to to get on board. Um, we spoke today with um, Procter & Gamble, who has played a foundational role in the arena of ML, building standards for how packaging equipment can, can be built and how they do control and then how that information can be surfaced to solve important problems for the manufacturers when the equipment arrives there. Um, it's essentially a very similar concept where we want the PNGs of the world and the Fords and the and the Exxon Mobiles and the Cornings to to work together to encourage the industry to move forward. And so we've been working on that. We have a great set of stakeholders within the SME environment. We've got a great set of stakeholders. We're looking for the the best and brightest uh, and the most um, thoughtful people within our respective organizations representing both technology and business acumen to um, uh, become the, 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 VOICE, IF YOU WILL, OF THIS ECOSYSTEM, AND SO WE'LL HAVE uh, NAMES AND and DATES IN THE WEEKS TO COME BEFORE THE END OF JANUARY, BUT uh, THERE'S BEEN A TREMENDOUS AMOUNT OF WORK uh, THAT'S BEEN TAKING PLACE to, TO MAKE THAT A REALITY.
0: FANTASTIC. BOB, ANY FINAL WORDS?
1: OH, yeah. SME BEING 90 YEARS OLD and a, AND a NONPROFIT FOCUSED ON ADVANCING MANUFACTURING TECHNOLOGY AND, and DEVELOPING a SKILLED WORKFORCE. This fits in so well with who we are and what we aspire to be. And we're strong. We're strong not only because of the staff we bring forward, but because of the volunteer base and the member base that we bring with us. And So partnering with businesses like Sesame, and especially Sesame in this area, is timely and it's fundamental to maintaining and growing the competitiveness in the U.S. market. So again, I would just say we're we're thrilled to be a part of it. And uh, stay tuned, because an awful lot of cool things are going to happen.
0: All right. And for the record, Baba, I'm going to say you don't look a day over 29. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I don't know how to answer that one except to say thank you, Catherine.
0: Papa and John, thank you so much for taking your precious time out of your very busy schedules for this interview.
2: Thank you. It's an honor. Thank you.